Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's rare to find a gift that you know everyone on your list will love. That's what you get with an incredibly soft blanket from Minky Couture. With hundreds of different styles and sizes of Minky Couture blankets, you'll find a gift that they are sure to love every single day of the year. Shop the best deals of the season at MinkyCouture.com. Welcome to the MLB Daily Podcast, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am Brandon Karam. LJ is not here tonight, but we have three playoff games to get to. I will be somewhat brief as uh, I would love to hear LJ's thoughts on them as well. So, um yeah, we'll get right into it. We're going to start off with the Brewers Braves. I don't expect this to be any longer than 10, 15 minutes uh, because it's the playoffs. This is important. Uh, and I would love for us both to be here to recap them in full. Absolutely. So I'm not going to take anything away from him. And I would hate to repeat myself when LJ returns uh, for Tuesday night show. But Brewers and Braves. You know, this game, or at least this is game three of the series. It's tied 1-1. Series finally shifts back to Atlanta. Uh, actually, it's been a really entertaining series to watch. The game quality has been really high. Really, throughout the whole playoffs, the quality of, of play has been outstanding. But in this one, we get a very exciting pitching matchup. Ian Anderson going for Atlanta taking on Freddie Peralta of the Brewers. Uh, and through the first four innings, these two both pitch uh, outstanding. They work out of jams when they need to. Uh, they pitch scoreless innings uh, just back to back to back. Uh, really, really impressed by, by both of these guys. Ian Anderson is my guy. I mean, me and LJ got to watch him pitch in high school. I actually saw him lose in high school, which uh, 
you know, is pretty rare for a guy that is a starting game three of a DS playoff series and pitched in game seven of a CS playoff series last year. This kid's only 23 years old and he comes out there tonight or yesterday or yes, yesterday for you guys and just looks incredible. I mean, he's got a three pitch mix, fastball, change up, curveball. And this Brewers offense was genuinely lost. They could not figure him out. Uh, I believe he struck out both Christian Yelich and Abasayel Garcia to end the first inning. Freddie Peralta takes the mound, and, uh, you know, he's had a fantastic season as well. Uh, yeah, another young pitcher. I believe he is only 24. I want to say I'm pulling up his page right now. He's 25. Uh, regardless, he, he works with a four-pitch mix. His is, he's got fastball, slider, curve, changeup. And for the four innings that he was in, he just looked so good, so sharp. Both of these pitchers, I thought we were really in for a pitcher's duel. Unfortunately, the Brewers uh, pinch hit for Freddie Peralta with Daniel Vogelback in the uh, top of the fifth inning. They thought that they had a really good chance to score. It started off, Luis Urias gets hit by a pitch. Omar Narvaez doubles. Now we got second and third with no outs. Braves pitching coach comes out to try to calm down Anderson. Uh, Lorenzo Cain grounds out uh, to the shortstop, Dansby Swanson. It was a real hard hit ball, though, so no reason for the runners to advance. And now we get to Freddie Peralta, where this is an interesting spot because it's the it's the top of the fifth inning. He's been shoving for you so far, and the and the Braves haven't really been able to do anything. But neither has your offense. And second and third with one out. And do you really want the pitcher up? Because, you know, at best he puts down a bunt. But with the infield in and fully expecting it, it's very tough to score on a play like that. And at the worst, I mean, he's going to just be an automatic out pretty much. I mean, you certainly don't want him swinging away or anything like that. I mean, you do, but the, the odds that he uh, gets a hit is very slim. And you also have to weigh the fact that he, he had been pitching really good. So tough decision for Craig Council to make. He chooses to pinch hit Daniel Vogelback. He ends up reaching on a fielder's choice, uh, hits a hits a ground ball to uh, Austin Riley at third. Riley throws home. They get Urias out. Uh, that makes two outs. Colton Wong steps up next, rips a – let me see if I can find actually how hard that ball was. Hits a very hard line drive right at Freddie Freeman at first base. He makes the play, and that would be the inning. Uh, let's see here. Colton Wong – 100.8 miles an hour off the bat, a 700 expected batting average. Unfortunately, just right at Freddie Freeman at first, makes the out. And the Braves get out of it. And now for the Brewers, they have to bring in another pitcher after they just got four innings of three hits, no runs, and five strikeouts from Freddie Peralta, who is also a guy who 
this season has been outstanding. I mean, you look at some of his stat cast numbers, uh, top five percentile on expected ERA, expected batting average, uh, expected slugging percentage. His whiff percentage is in the 92nd percentile. His hard hit percentage in the 92nd percentile. Dude has been really good at avoiding hard contact and uh, run prevention, especially this year. So to see them pull him, you know, you just have to weigh the pros and cons of that moment. And with him only going four innings and 57 pitches, you would have to assume that he's available for a potential game five uh, out of the bullpen uh, because the game five, if it goes to that, would be on Thursday. Game was Monday. So, oh, yeah, he's absolutely available for Thursday. So you also have to keep that in mind. And, sure, you have Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff. But uh, when it gets to those do-or-die moments, you know, game could go deep into extra innings, could be late in the game, and you like the matchup with Freddie Peralta versus someone else. I don't blame Craig Council for making that move. It certainly makes sense. And, of course, hindsight is twenty twenty. He brings in, this is Craig Council now to pitch, brings in Adrian Hauser out of the bullpen, who is another guy who has had a very solid season for the Brewers this year. He had a 3-2-2 ERA uh, in 26 starts. He only came out of the bullpen twice the whole year. Uh, and 142 innings, 3-2-2 ERA is very solid. I believe he ended with something like two war, which is a very... Uh, you know, that's a player you want on your team. You'll take as many two war players as you can get. Hauser uh, works himself into a little bit of trouble, uh, allows a leadoff single to Travis Darno, another single to Dansby Swanson, and then Ian Anderson steps up to the plate, or Ian Anderson is due up next. Uh, Brian Snicker says, okay, well, this is our, probably our best chance to score of the whole game. Let me pinch hit my guy, Jock Peterson, for my pitcher. Because, of course, Ian Anderson did work into trouble in the fifth inning, but got out of it. And, you know, he, he already gave you five scoreless. Why try to risk letting him hit with no outs and two runners on, potentially hitting into, into a double play? Maybe he can't get the bunt down, whatever. So he brings in Jock Peterson. You know, you get the right on left matchup, and Peterson takes Hauser deep to right field, a three-run bomb to put the Braves on the board, makes it three to nothing. And, you know, like I said, hindsight's 2020. It sucks that it didn't work out for the Brewers, but I cannot blame them for making the move. Braves make pretty much the exact same move and it ends up working out for them. So that's just the way it is. Uh, Jock Peterson, though, in in this series, he still has a 1000 batting average. He's three for three with two pinch hit home runs. That's a 4000 OPS plus or excuse me, OPS. Uh, I don't know what his OPS plus would be at this point. Just something stupid. But he comes in, he does his job. Braves get on the board. Hauser's able to get out of the inning with no further damage done. And from that point on, we were scoreless for the rest of the game. Uh, neither offense could really do much against these really good bullpens. Uh, the Brewers, after Hauser, they go to Hunter Strickland. 
Brad Boxberger, and then their last pitcher was Jake Cousins. And then for Atlanta, after Anderson, they bring in Jesse Chavez, Tyler Matzik, Luke Jackson, and then Will Smith to get the save, his second of this series. And the Braves pick up a 3-0 win. They go up 2-1. to They can win it uh, on today. Their game's at 5-15. And really excited to see what that game brings. The starting pitching is going to – I believe they, they're both – to be announced uh i'm not sure if either team has announced it yet i'm going to check it doesn't show anything on the mlb website i'm going to go on twitter right now and see if i can find these game four starters but i mean other than that it this has been a great series and i can't wait to see what this game four brings with the braves one win away from getting back to the NLCS. You love to see it. And, uh, yeah, I wouldn't count on the Braves to really get it done tonight. Uh, I think the Brewers are going to end up going with Corbin Burns, potentially, because he did start game one, I believe, of this series. Right? Yeah, he went six innings. Game one was on what day was that October 8th yeah so three day or that's three days rest uh maybe he'll get to start I, I honestly don't know we'll have to wait and see but excited for that one and uh Braves can get back there so back to the NLCS so uh exciting for that franchise they get to they could potentially close it out at home and uh there's nothing better than that on to the second game of the day as the Astros and White Sox game was postponed due to rain and that'll be played at two o'clock on Tuesday. So today when you guys are listening to it, Red Sox and Rays, um, Boston takes a five nothing lead in the bottom of the third inning. But prior to that, we need to talk about uh, the starting pitchers. So Eduardo Rodriguez for the Red Sox. And uh, it was Colin McHugh for the Rays. Colin McHugh goes two innings, only allowing one hit. The only base runner he's a, he allows only 18 pitches in those two innings. He throws 18 pitches, looks super sharp in the seven batters that he faced. And the Rays go with this scripted pitching maneuver where they pull Colin McHugh. They only want him to go two innings, I guess. And they bring in Shane McClanahan, who has never pitched on three days rest before and has also never and he also didn't come out of the bullpen this entire season. The Rays just this is why analytics and everything in the playoffs, you don't I'm not saying throw them out, but you cannot go with just a scripted pitching maneuver like this Colin McHugh is dealing you can save Shane McClanahan for game five or you know what well, how about you try to win this game instead of instead of going with a scripted pitching staff which ends up backfiring terribly as Shane McClanahan in his two-thirds of an inning that he comes in to pitch five hits five earned runs just completely blows up in uh, Kevin Cash's face and it just goes to show that 
some of these analytics guys, they literally think that baseball has no human aspect to it. I swear, like they take the, the human element right out of the game and they say, oh, you know, the only thing that they care about is outs. There's no such thing as starters and relievers. They say that those are just words. You know, no, they're not. Not in the playoffs. Not when there's pressure, there's leverage. There's all these different scenarios that you can go through. You cannot just assume that you can bring in any pitcher and drop him in any situation, and it's going to work like that. I just, I don't get it. The Yankees tried to do this against the Rays in ALDS game two last year with Davey Garcia. And then they, they pulled him for Jay Happ and a scripted move. It, you have no feel for the game. It's not reactionary. That's, that's how most managers should manage is reactionary. Instead, it's just all this scripted garbage, which d- does not work in the playoffs. If you want to do this in May, June, July, August, go right ahead. But when you get to an elimination game in the playoffs and this is the stuff that you're doing, I, I just, I don't know. I don't get it. So regardless of that, uh, Red Sox go up five to nothing. Thanks to a Raphael Devers three run home run and Alex Verdugo double. And then a JD Martinez single uh, five, nothing after three in the top of the fifth Rodriguez gives up his first run of the night uh, on an Austin Meadows ground out ends up working through the inning though. Uh, So it's five to one Boston after five Rodriguez comes back out for the sixth. He allows a two run home run to Wander Franco, his second home run of his, of the series. And with that home run, Wander Franco now has more postseason home runs than Mike Trout in uh one more game played than him so uh you know just keep that in mind uh whether you know you can take that information how you want you take that information how you want to uh but the Rays are back in this now it's 5-3 Boston they pull Eduardo Rodriguez they bring in Tanner Houck for an inning uh and he pitches fine or was the was the Franco home run off of Houck it was off a of half. Okay. So one of the earned runs went to Rodriguez because it was a Kevin Kiermeyer double to lead off the inning. They pull Rodriguez, bring in how allows the homer to Franco. So that's where his earned run comes from. But other than that, Hauk, Tanner Hauk does get out of the inning for Boston. So after six, it is five to three Red Sox uh, in the seventh inning. It was uh, Josh Taylor for the Red Sox who pitched a clean inning and looked really good. The Rays went with Andrew Kittridge there, I believe. Was that Kittridge or Luis Patino? I think that might have been Luis Patino at that point. And, um, oh, Josh Fleming, excuse me. I'm sorry. I'm all trying trying to keep track of all these Rays pitching moves is, is uh, giving me a headache. Uh, but it's. Fleming, who comes in to replace Patino, he gets an out, then allows a single to Kike Hernandez, single to Rafael Devers. They bring in Pete Fairbanks to try to get out of this seventh inning. He does. He gets a huge double play. Uh, Xander Bogarts hits into a 5-4-3 double play. The Rays escape and are still down two runs. In the top of the eighth inning, we have... 
the Rays uh, actually show some fight here. So uh, the Red Sox bring in Ryan Brazier to replace Josh Taylor. The first batter is Mike Zanino. He doubles uh, to center field. Next is Kevin Kiermeyer. He rips his second double of the game. That scores a run. It's five to four Rays. We get a mound visit. They choose to uh, pitch to Randy Arena here because three batter rule, you have to. Arena hits a single. That allows Kiermeyer to score, and we are tied. The Rays come back from being down 5 nothing in the third inning. They tie it up at 5. The Red Sox, after this, bring in Garrett Whitlock. He gets three outs in a row, and that would be uh, the inning there. So heading into the bottom of the eighth, we're tied 5-5, and it's still Pete Fairbanks on the mound for Tampa. Alex Verdugo leads off the inning. He reaches base on a throwing error by Wander Franco. Uh, just try to do too much with it. Uh, he was kind of fading away from the, you know, like his his body was moving away from first base. Throws it way past G-Man Choi at first. Uh, that allows Alex Verdugo to go to second. Next up is J.D. Martinez. He flies out to a Rosarena in right field. That's one out. The next batter, Hunter Renfro, hits a ball into right center field. Kiermaier, the race center fielder, Kevin Kiermaier, comes running all the way over into right field. It was really a Rosarena's ball, but Kiermaier knows he has the stronger arm. He knows that Verdugo on second is going to want to tag because it's hit pretty deep. And to get himself to third with only, uh, that would have been one out at that point, or two outs after that. But he, of course, is going to want to get to third. Kiermaier catches it. Verdugo tags. Kiermaier unleashes a beautiful throw to third base to gun out Verdugo and turn an inning-ending double play. Red Sox end up do challenging it, and um, they call him out. So... Rays look like they have all the momentum going into the ninth inning. They get a huge outfield assist double play to end the inning. However, in the top of the ninth, the Red Sox keep in Garrett Whitlock. He gets a one, two, three inning. The Rays bring in JP Fire Rising for the bottom of the ninth. Uh, and, you know, you could just tell that the, the energy in Fenway was so high. Uh, Christian Vasquez singles to lead off the inning. Christian Arroyo uh, is able to sacrifice, bunt him over to second. They then, they then bring in Travis Shaw to pinch hit for Bobby Dahlbeck. He has a very clutch pinch hit single. It's now first and third with one out. Uh, it's they bring in Danny Santana to run at third base in the case of a sack fly, as he is much faster than the catcher Christian Vasquez. Now, here's where the Rays go with some more. I don't know if this is scripted or just bad managing. Kike Hernandez up at the plate. Uh, and the Rays infield is obviously in because that's the season ending run on third base you know the game winning run if they allow that run their season is over uh so they're all shifted 
in on the grass, all four infielders. Travis Shaw on the first pitch, steal second on a defensive indifference. Kike Hernandez has legitimately been the hottest player on the Red Sox this series. Maybe you could say J.D. Martinez, but Kike hitting 450, uh, you know, over a 1.3 OPS. You have a base to give this guy. You can intentionally walk him and put him on first base to face Rafael Devers, who, sure, was three for four at that point. But it doesn't matter what run you allow that if that run on third base scores your inning, your season's over. Why not load the bases to potentially set up a double play? Instead, the Red Sox pitched to Kike Hernandez. He hits a sack fly to left field. Danny Santana scores. The Red Sox advance to the ALCS. They walk it off for the second game in a row and win six to five. A brutal way for Tampa to end their season. And, uh, yeah, congrats to the Red Sox. LJ, I'm certainly excited to hear what he has to say about this game and the result. And uh, now that the Red Sox will be moving on to face either Houston or Chicago. So uh, we're in for another good ALCS. Uh, this Red Sox team is certainly a fun playoff team to watch. Uh, Alex Cora has been managing them very well. And uh, yeah, I have to give all the credit in the world to that team. Uh, fourth worst record in the MLB last year and they're able to turn it into an ALCS one year later so it's awesome for them uh with all the momentum that they got in this series from the Hunter Renfro play uh, I would have to uh, like right now I don't see who's stopping them they're probably my world series pick at the current moment uh they just have all the momentum off of that fluke play. It's just like the tuck rule in football when Tom Brady uh, benefited, you know, back in, I think that was 2001. They get, you know, it's the right ruling. Don't get me wrong. It's all, it's, it's always been the right ruling, especially in the tuck rule game for, for the NFL and this Hunter Renfro ground rule double play thing. It's the right ruling. Of course, the ball, of course, Boston ends up on the right side of it. They have all the momentum now. Uh, and we know how much how important momentum is in playoff baseball, but they still have to win eight more games to win a World Series. So a lot of baseball left, a lot of wins left to be had. So regardless of that, let's talk about Giants and Dodgers, which was a very entertaining pitchers duel between Max Scherzer and Alex Wood. These two, at least. Uh, Wood goes four and two thirds, allowing no earned runs, four strikeouts, two walks, two hits. He looked really sharp uh, from there to get through the uh, seventh. Giants go to Tyler Rogers, inning in two thirds, allows three hits, but the Dodgers did, or excuse me, the Giants did a great job all night getting out of jams. Uh, and then on the other side, Max Scherzer. Seven innings, three hits, 10 strikeouts. The one run he allows is in the top of the fifth inning. Evan Longoria takes him deep to left center field, a solo home run. Other than that, Scherzer was completely on his game, looked basically unstoppable. The three hits he allowed, 
was able to work himself out of jams and he gave it all. He had 110 pitches uh, to take your team seven innings and only allow one run. You would think with this Dodgers offense, they would be able to get it done. Unfortunately, though, that is not the case as the Giants bullpen. Uh, look, Alex Wood, like I said, he went four and two thirds. Tyler Rogers went an inning and two thirds after him. Uh, now with a one run lead, they bring in Jake McGee for two thirds of an inning to get them through the seventh. Uh, he gets those two outs. From there, they bring on 24-year-old Camilo Doval, who has already made an impact on this series. I was talking about him a couple episodes ago and how impressive I thought he was. Well, last night, what this guy did was uh, just incredible. Uh, he goes two innings to get the save. Giants end up winning one nothing. Two innings to get the save and has to navigate through a brutal part of this Dodgers lineup. Not that there's an easy part of the lineup to get through, but he has to face Trey Turner, Corey Seager, Justin Turner for his first three batters in the bottom of the eighth, gets through them. And then in the ninth, he has Chris Taylor, A.J. Pollock, and Gavin Lux uh, to get through. He gets all six outs in succession, looks incredible doing it. I mean, this guy's fastball is consistently hitting 100 miles an hour. He can clearly pitch under pressure. I mean, two innings at Dodger Stadium is just nuts to get to try to navigate through, especially in a playoff situation. Uh, the last batter of the game, Gavin Lux, hits a ball off the – and note that the wind was uh, incredibly – uh, blowing towards right field. Uh, Gavin Lux pokes one into left center field off the bat, 107 miles an hour. Uh, there was an 890 expected batting average. So 89% of the time when a ball is hit at that exit velocity and that launch angle, it ends up being a hit. In this case, it's not the wind, uh, is able to make this ball die down right in front of the warning track for a game-ending flyout. Giants win one to nothing, take a 2-1 series lead heading into game four Tuesday night, which will be Anthony DeSclafani going for the Giants and for the Dodgers. The pitcher is to be determined. Uh, but wow, what a, a uh, you know, what a way to end that uh, game last night. For it to finish one nothing, the only run on the Longoria homer, just shows how close these two teams are in talent level. And, uh, you know, you love to see it. So uh, it's – look, like I said at the top of the episode, every, every team is – every game – this playoffs has been entertaining. I haven't really gotten bored with any of the games, which I don't usually get bored watching baseball, but playoff baseball, I'm locked in. And uh, can't wait to see what another day of exciting games brings. So Giants take a 2-1 lead. They can clinch. Braves can clinch. Astros can clinch. Uh, we could have uh, the entire CS set uh, after Tuesday night. But that's going to do it for today's show. Thank you all for listening, and uh, we will see you tomorrow.
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, RingCentral makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at RingCentral.com. RingCentral. Simpler communications.